All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. All right, let's see if we still know how to run this spaceship. <laughs> What's going oh, on? Oh my I feel God. like I feel like I'm driving on the wrong side of the road here. <laughs> so rusty already. We'll get back into it. First podcast. Okay, I'm feeling it now. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. This is our groove. <laughs> We're yeah. In oh yeah, this feels right. <laughs> this feels like us. First podcast as a married man. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Slaney. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Stop it. All too <laughs> Shut kind. up. Shut it. We don't have time for this. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's uh, We got married uh, 10 days ago. 10 whole days. 10 whole days. It was great. Yep. On Sunday, May 19th, 2019. That's right. How do you feel about the Sunday wedding thing? Sunday wedding thing was fine. I didn't feel like I had anything the next day day because we have a long weekend here in canada victoria day right so as part of the british commonwealth mm-hmm. we are entitled to that holiday right right um in some some places thanks some to places some old lady Sunday. you were able to get That's married right. on a sunday thanks victoria <laughs> um so yeah got married was so fun was happy to have you there yep Hopefully you had a good time. I had an awesome time. Nice. I had a really fun time. I've actually come to learn in this stage of my life that I really enjoy weddings. Oh, nice. Which is weird because I'm not a party person. Right. But and maybe it's just the joy of it. There's but, a whole there's a whole symbolism behind it too. You know, there's speeches. There's kind of something for everyone at weddings. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. Having gone to six last year. Oh yeah. You, you you pick out what you like. That's right. So I ask you if Sunday was a good idea. Because I just booked my wedding on a Sunday. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. What day? Uh, the Labor Day weekend. Excellent. The Sunday of the Labor Next Day Next September. Yes, not this coming September. Right. 2020. Sunday, September what if? The 6th. That'll be my wedding anniversary. I'll That's, be in my 80s and yeah. I'll be like, oh, it's September 6th. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that a funny feeling? Yeah. Kind of weird. Are you clicking with something? Yes, yeah, sorry. I have my yeah. keys. My oh, yeah, that's that's ringing in my ears. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, stealing your thunder a little bit. Nah. Now what? I'm the next of the two of us to get married. <laughs> I'm. Uh, <laughs> I caught the bouquet. I actually, <laughs> I actually really want to go to another wedding now that I've had my own. Oh yeah. Like, okay. You think I would have my my fill of it? But I'm like, I just love the feeling that I had at mine so much. Right. That I want to you know see other people do it now well i was like focus grouping your wedding and i'm going to do the same with the next couple of weddings i have to go through this year sure i could like take notes yep i have to give a toast at one of my best friend's weddings in a couple of weeks yeah and so like i'm listening intently to your best man's speech right who he did a great job by the way yeah colin's Um, awesome and i'm like wanting to hit the same kind of like laughs per minute beats yeah uh i thought that was a pretty good archetype this, and then I tried to, I listened to a couple on YouTube and that's not the same. Yeah. I, YouTube kind of led me awry a little bit. Yeah. But when I was writing Collins, I gave myself a five minute time li- limit. Yeah. I wrote it down. I checked it out with Jen. I read it over like six times without changing anything. Right. And then I, after that, I read it with Jen, changed the stuff that we wanted to change, committed it to memory. And went away. Five minutes is tricky though because I assume you had some laughs in there, and it's oh, really yeah. hard to factor the timing in for those. Right. Also, you didn't want to go over five minutes, but Colin's speech for you was eleven minutes. Was it eleven minutes yeah. long? I knew it was longer than mine for oh, yeah. sure. Oh yeah, all I, the speeches at your wedding were long. They were pretty long. Yeah. I uh, I think I have mine recorded. Yeah. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
I'll send it to you. That would be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. I have a draft and I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. As long as my jokes don't fall flat. I'm sure you'll be fine, man. As we know. I'm like I'm basically the Robert Smigel of this neighborhood. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Like people um who were blessed with far less talent crowd wise than you have had to give best man speeches. I guess. I really trust your best man speech to deliver on all angles. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a groomsman speech. Sure. I, the sorry. other thing is it's like it's an easy crowd. Like you, mm. you just have to have like the the cadence and timbre of, right. of a joke and people right. will give you the laugh. Now what I read like to thank everyone, I we kind of realized that day like oh my god, we're going to have to address the crowd. Yep. And like hopefully stuff will will come up as you go that you can kind of play off of, but I'll just like make this template. And that's just what I ended up reading was like the template that I wrote that day. You did a good job. I was trying to just hit the like thanks parents. Thanks, groomsman. Thanks, you. Yep. Go for it. And Jen, I even had a part about Jen in there. And Jen, before I got to it, waved me off. Oh, like don't she, say this she, part? She waved over it and was like, don't do that. Oh, interesting. And I, I, so I cut straight to the end. I was just like, cool, yeah. You don't have to spill the beans on it, but like, what was the tone of that part that she cut last minute? Well, it was it was toward Jen. I was okay. like, Jen, I need you to know that like- It was I a want, lovey thing. I want you to be like, yeah, it was like, it was kind of kind of funny too, but she just felt weird because she wasn't speaking. So she felt like if she wasn't able to deliver the same thing, which she would feel uncomfortable doing, that I would get be it. a little weird. It and I felt imbalanced. And I felt, like, as soon as she did, I was like, cool, man. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to do it. Yeah. We didn't go over it together or anything. She just like saw it as I was going. So. Right, yeah. right. No, I thought it was perfect. And I kind of had an idea that you didn't put a lot of effort into your words because right. you had told me that a couple of days before. Yeah. And so I thought that you really stuck the landing. Yeah. And overall, Good. it was like really fun. I can't believe how many young people you know. Yeah. Can't believe it. Yeah, man. Just like, you know, two different high school groups that, that honestly, like we both have stayed friends with all of our high school friends. Yeah, me too. With like all of our like tight high school friends and then their friends and kind of groups that have formed. So, right. Well, at this point, so many people have partners. Exactly. That adds up to a lot. Totally. That's like half the group. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. It was really fun. Nice. And now you're just this old married dude. Well, I'm stoked for yours. I'm yep. assuming I'm being invited, by the way. <laughs> I, did I make the uh, cut? Is, what do you, how many people do you think are going to be invited? Our list is 85. 85. I think we can get it down to 80. Okay. So maybe 75 show up. <laughs> you can cut five people yeah, off to 85. I really think so. Let's trim that fat. Kill your darlings. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the show show will take a hiatus. Now I know we can do better. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Who do we really like? Mm. It's not who don't we like. That's right. We, I'm going to cut five like. random people. You tell me yes. who they are. You, we have a hot and cold scale. <laughs> right. You point. Anyway, so it's not. It's going to be half the size of your wedding. Cool. Yeah. That's manageable, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's people that I invited to that like, you know, bailed early and whatever. And at the end of it, you're like, well, thanks so much for coming. And you, when you open the cards, though, there is kind of a tone of like, oh, this oh. person did that. Oh, like, oh, God, yeah. I just really want to run out and like get cards for people and and people that you're like they shouldn't have got me anything right like, oh man wow right i think that's kind of standard though i know i know yeah and but some some of the family members too being like what they gave me they gave us that like yeah. that's huge no i know <laughs> that's we know what you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> we don't think they gave you like a big rocking horse <laughs> it was a big number they gave us a big 
a big um, uh, kids recliner. Oh, okay. You know those recliners. One of those lazy boys, but for toddlers. But for toddlers, but it's big. Right. So it's almost. So it's for adults. Well, it's smaller than that. Okay, so it's perfectly you sized. It's perfectly me sized. Right. It's a little smaller than an adult. Did anything go brutally wrong? Was there any kind of like panic of the day? No. Um. No, nothing went brutally wrong. Actually, the next day you kind of had like a bit of the Sunday scaries. Was I telling you about this at all? How you know you kind of wake up hungover the next day and you're like, oh god, what did we miss? Like, did we? Did we like, oh shit, we forgot to take those pictures that we wanted to take outside. Like, um, we didn't make an announcement about the guest book, the Polaroid guest book that we had. You guys got a picture in it. Right. Because you like saw it there. We were hanging out there at one point. Yeah, but we didn't like make an announcement and way more people would have done it if we were like, by the way, like I would have even hopped on the mic down on like the dance floor. Right. If you haven't taken your picture, get up and do that. But there's just so many things going on. Our role was to get the Polaroids started. We got the ball rolling on the Polaroids. And also to many, many older people, we had to explain what hashtag Slaney bent the knee meant. (laughs) Okay. That kind of flew over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. I don't know how much success you had on your wedding hashtag. Well, we didn't have a whole lot. We came up with it like that day. I think if we would have went into the weekend with it. It's a good one. It would have been more popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was a, a Game of Thrones related tag, obviously. Right. Um. Which I'm not sure how well that will age, but for the night of. The hashtag okay, doesn't have to age. No, you're your, right. Your wedding hashtag doesn't, doesn't have to age. to age well. Well, we only had, I think when you search it on Instagram, I think we only had like 12 posts or something. Man, there are, there are other weddings that have used hashtag at your beck and call, but like C-O-L. Right. And we're pissed about that. There are other Becky and Colin marriages that have right. happened. You know what Colin, uh, Colin, my friend Colin used was Colin Kath to the altar. So, Colin, so it's like, oh, like calling her, calling. Oh, yeah. I see. That's yeah. all right. Do you want to tell the people what one of your original ideas for a wedding hashtag was about six days out from your wedding? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, the one that I was pushing for. Was... It's important to know your last names if you want to divulge Jen's last or previous last name. Well, well, my first one was uh, hashtag slain train and caboose. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one did not go over well how do we not come up with like jen boards the slain train or is that one too like sexual yeah jen boards the slain train i think would have been good yeah that would have been fine yeah. boards i think i i would have 100 times out of 100 said rides and then been like <laughs> this is inappropriate yeah then it straddles the slain is, train okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but the other one was uh Oh, Mackay exactly what Slain needed. What a mess. That one was tough. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> These were all like kibosh. That is a beautiful Slain train wreck. That, yes. is, that is exactly the kind of mess that people would have been fighting with all night. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 100%. No, Slaney bent the knee is pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, I was okay with it. And you know what we talked on this podcast a lot? I was lot. thinking about Dark Side Bride. That was one that I last minute came up with. Because you're from Dartmouth? Yeah. Dark Side Jen's Bride. From, Jen's from Dartmouth. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, people it's a, weren't. It's a little moody. It. It's a little macabre. Yeah, <laughs> dark side. I yeah, guess so. but you are what you are. That's right. It turns out the the Game of Thrones finale being on the same night of your wedding was not an impedance at all. It no, was fine. No, I wish people knew in advance if anyone left early th- how the show would end. Yeah, but I think everybody was already kind of cooling on Game of Thrones anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Although the second last episode, I thought was fine. Me too. I thought the second last episode, I was a major apologist for this last season because I have a bit of a different perspective from most hardcore fans. Yeah. 
I definitely see why people are disappointed in the last episode. You know what's weird? Everyone that I saw that has either just watched this season or has watched um, the entire series in one binge watch yeah. sitting has liked the finale more than the people who have kind of week by week watched it. Well, I know that the point of the show is always to surprise you with who dies and who ends up where. Yeah. I'm very okay with where everybody lands, yeah. but the route to get there was a little sloppy for yes, sure. I think so too. And, and my big take, which I'm seeing nowhere else and I've shared it with you already, but I share it with as many people as possible because I think it's quite astute mm -hmm. is that the show is called Game of Thrones mm -hmm. and it opens on Bran yeah. having this injury where he is confined to a chair. Right. And then he ends up on the throne that doesn't but exist But he's anymore. not confined to a chair at first. I guess, but... He's Hodor'd. Yeah, I guess so. Game of Hodor's would right. be... Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what, that's, that was the that. real mark they missed. Yeah. Yeah. But people are most mad about Daenerys, right? And like the fact that she turns evil, that she was like the great triumphant hero of the series. It's it's almost like the, sh the season, I think, could have been 10 episodes mm. rather than six. Well, definitely. Because they could have made everyone's arc a little bit cooler. One of the things... One of the interesting critiques that I heard that I did not... Um, think about and I really liked was so much time is supposed to pass as the traveling happens back and forth from Westeros like right. there was supposed to be a period of months why did Cersei not get more pregnant that's a good point I was like wow that would have been such an easy way to just show how much time was passing right like that was like easy. I was I was really okay with the the clothes for her and Jamie. I thought that was fine. Yeah. Until I heard somebody on a podcast point out that they would have survived if they were standing like a foot to the left. There was like a, <laughs> such a thin layer of brick on top yeah. of them that Tyrion was just able to walk in and say, oh, they're there right there. Yeah. He just saw the hand. They were not crushed at all. No. Just, just like a little bit. Concussed. Still like beautifully <laughs> preserved in dust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. I, I know. I, I thought it was just going to be a huge pit that they were, but then how would Tyrion ever find them? The other thing is like there is and I think this is actually a really good thing is that George R.R. R. Martin, who's kind of judged a little bit even by his biggest fans, mm -hmm. now has this free pass to get it right the yeah. second time. He can write a different ending and fans are almost default going to like what he writes better because they'll consider that the actual canon ending yeah. now. You're right. And he has 3,000 pages to do it because he's got two more books and he says they're each going to be 1,500 pages. Are we to the point now that George R. R. Martin is writing fan fiction for something that he I started? I think so. I think we, a little bit. Yeah. We kind of are. He's writing the alternate ending. Yeah. Kind of. Man, I love that. I actually might read the books now just because of that. I have been reading the first book a little bit just for fun, not with like the intent of finishing it, just no. to like kind of get a feel for it. It's very beautifully written. Yeah. It's very nice. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of politics happening throughout. Well, I'm still just kind of like learning who people are mm -hmm. as they kind of set the scene. Yeah. Uh, but it's one thing I notice, and I've noticed this in like the minimal fantasy I've read, is that fantasy authors totally get off on writing about food. Oh, really? They're crazy. They love to spend a hundred pages describing a feast. Right. Yeah. What do they say? Like... There was roast beef and oh, yeah. mashed potatoes. It talks about the way it glistens in the firelight and oh my god, oh, all the, the the brightness of the cranberries and oh, man, he was really hungry. No kidding. <laughs> For a long time, it would yeah. it would seem. Yeah, fifty eight percent of Americans say they were dissatisfied with the ending of Game of Thrones. Oh wow! Did you hear? So, kind of pushing into the news segment that uh, 
Kit Harrington has been in rehab for like the last a month. month. Yeah. Yeah. For stress and alcohol abuse. Yes. And and some say it had something to do with the way that the show ended too. Do Although they say only, that? Or that's is, only 10 days. Yeah. Ago. Is that just a hot take where maybe somebody's that, trying to draw some false equivalency? Yeah. Maybe that's like a, a kind of E.T. edition. Like and people are, some people might say that it had something to do with. Right. And they're desperate to point some kind of finger at Benioff and Weiss, right? Like, well, look what you did to our precious Kit Harrington. Right. Yeah. When, no, I don't think so. We watched the documentary the other night of uh, the making of Game of Thrones. Right. So like the making of the last season. The last watch. The last watch. It was cool. I actually could have probably stood to see a little bit more of the cast yeah. interacting. Like it was a lot to do. Did you watch it? I saw, I saw the table reads where yeah. you like find out about and that Aria. was really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I just found the rest. It was like a lot of focusing on how the show got made, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of the set and a lot of the aesthetics, but it also focused so much on this guy who was a, uh, an extra on the show. I heard about this He's, guy. He was, pre- and people are really liking it, but Jen and I were kind of, like a little bit I, I was in his corner yeah but jen was just like oh my god buddy like get off the stage right like, do you recognize you him no well he just he does look like someone who would have been in the show and he has been probably for lots of different things yeah yeah so he was he was mainly stark army but he takes it so seriously too like he'd see people with like bolton coats and be like bolton get out of here okay like, but do we focus on him because he kind of represents the heavily invested fan who's in this with the show yeah you actually see the moment like there's there's a girl who uh does costumes mm-hmm. and she says oh man you gotta wait till like i think his name's like dan or gabe or something it's like you got to see him. Like he's been an extra every season, and he's super intense. I think you guys okay. would like. And and from there on, they just follow him. Like anytime they're talking about extras or. So they just kind of discovered how good this was for TV. Let's yeah. just follow this guy. Yeah. Down. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I guess I probably will because I'm I'm still riding like an excitement wave about it. Sure. But that will fade. That'll die out. Oh yeah. Except for that, when these books come out, and that's a big asterisk. Yeah. People will ramp up again, and there will be lots of like BuzzFeed blogs about like, totally. what really happened yeah what about these petitions that kind of died out yeah i mean it is what it is like we're we're probably going to come to terms more and more with the show as time goes on people don't ever hate a show ending more as time goes on i disagree you think so i, I, I think that's actually the opposite of the truth i think that very often these people people see an ending that isn't exactly what they hoped for yeah and they feel a little disappointed and then three years goes by and the lost ending sucked I don't, yeah, maybe. I I think, well, maybe Sopranos, Sopranos is kind of yeah. like the exception because people like really hated it at the time. Yeah. And now I think they're kind of like, well, maybe what they did was kind of genius. Yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. And Seinfeld people have cooled off on. I don't yeah. think people are like, we hate the ending anymore. I it's guess. just at the time. Well, there were lower important. stakes though. There was less emotion invested in Seinfeld. Yeah, true. Dexter, people are still really pissed about. Yes. How I Met Your Mother, people are still really pissed about. Yes. People say that it ruined the show for them. I don't have that problem. No, Dexter was awful, though. Dexter was awful. That was a bad one. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that, I think that people are going to stay salty about Game of Thrones. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, they could. I mean, it's, it is hard to wrap, but we, we were talking the one show that has done it perfectly, and for that reason, I feel like... No, if you're doing a show of this magnitude, you got to get it right. You got to do something super clever. Breaking Bad. Right. Breaking Bad had like the most 
oh my god how the hell did they come up with this ending really? ending do you really think it was like a it was like earth shattering because i think it was a, a perfect uh narrative ending but i didn't think it was like a great twist well just the between like the ricin yeah that was good the ricin and the uh the like booby trap at the end with the big shootout. With the big shootout. Yeah. I just thought that was so smart. I thought it was good that Walter White ultimately does die of cancer, right? Yeah. Like he yep. and he dies in in the on the wet concrete after this shootout, but his, he dies of the illness that he gets in the first episode. His story comes to you a You see close. how I like these like full circle things yeah. that harken back to the beginning? Totally. Um what was the other show I was thinking of? My thing with these petitions is just like I, I can't believe the the entitlement of people. Who like it, these shows are not fan service. Like you can you can take it or leave it when it comes to art. Yeah, but and and you have the right to be angry. You can definitely vocalize that you're dissatisfied. Mm -hmm. But a petition for HBO to hire competent writers, you must first of all, <laughs> like, would you like to have a write off with Benioff and Weiss? Right. Because that would embarrass the and, fuck and, out and of do you. Do not appreciate what you've watched for the last seven years. Exactly. Like, clearly, you love it do you so think much. The cast that... just shows up and they just like improvise this yeah. for your benefit. Right. Like I said, you have the right to be dissatisfied. But I mean, do you really think that's how it works? Mm -hmm. That if you drum up your a million signatures or whatever, like the HBO will call up Kid Harrington and be like, sorry, buddy, you got to come back. We're calling we, you back. We have no choice. Change.org. Yeah. 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 That's, exactly. that's so ridiculous. And so it happened again when, uh, they they didn't even announce it. It's just a report that Robert Pattinson might be playing the Batman. Right. People are outraged. People are outraged because of a corny movie series he did 11 years ago, right. which people don't seem to realize nobody hated more than him. Yeah. He hated those movies. And he's done like a number of big, he's in a big film right now, I think, isn't he? Like well, he's in the, he was in the lighthouse, which was made here. Oh, okay. with Willem Dafoe. Right. And you saw Good Time. Yeah. Like he only does weird, interesting acting and has since Twilight. Yeah. And so that he wants to do like another big franchise means he's going to uh, put his art stamp on it. Mm -hmm. That is assuming he actually does get this job. I mean, he could look at all the negativity and go, you know what? Never mind. Screw it. But I don't know if that's his, his MO. It's kind of what Charlie Hunnam did with the whole uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. He, he was actually, like, you know up. what? Screw it. I don't care. Yeah. Was that the right call though? Uh, yeah. I, uh, do we know who took his place? Jamie Dornan was his name. Jamie Dornan. See, the thing about Fifty Shades of Grey is I remember when those when those movies were first being talked about, like when those books were a really big deal and they were casting the movies and everybody's saying, oh, well, it's got to be Ryan Gosling and Emma Watson. And that was such naive. Uh, you just want to see them fuck. That's yeah. not, that doesn't mean they- <laughs> It's got to be that. They don't have to do that movie at right. all. And so there was an element of- you're going to need to do this big thing if you want to be a famous person. Like, they were never going to get A-listers. They'd have to get B-listers. Right. But as it turns out, it didn't ruin careers. Like, Jamie yeah. Dornan might not be a very good actor, so he might not have a big thing again. But Dakota Johnson is a good actor. Yeah. And she has done some other things She's now. She's been in stuff. So she was able to springboard off, mm -hmm. off Fifty Shades of Grey. True. I don't know if the same would have been said for, for Charlie Hunnam, but when was the last time you saw that guy? Yeah. What was the last thing Charlie Hunnam was in? Was he was he in um, the uh, yeah he was in that that movie with um, Ben Affleck triple oh god triple frontier triple frontier <laughs> never mind he stuck the landing <laughs> <laughs> he bailed on that to do triple frontier right anyway are you, are you game for Robert Pattinson as the Batman yeah sure why not I think it's like I think a, he's a good actor I think it's a rare solid move and I and I don't care about the 
film series that much because they've done so much over the last like 10 years. It's well, like, just yeah. do it. Here, here's the other thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to see him interact with Jared Leto's Joker and right. there might be some studio conflict here, but just in a perfect world, I would definitely watch him interact with, uh, What's his name's Joker in this other movie that's coming? Oh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. When is that coming out? I don't know. Are we going to see that soon? I'm kind of doing a bit of a 180 on that. I don't think it's going to be good anymore. No. I kind of think it should be a summer movie, but... I don't know if we have time for any more summer movies to squeeze in. Because we got Aladdin happening right now, and I'm pretty sure the Aladdin uh, wake is going to take us right up to the Lion King. When is the Lion King coming out? July. July. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing how many Disney live action movies they decided to lump into 2019. I don't know why they're not taking their time with this. Do you remember a month ago when Dumbo came out? You know what's amazing is that they chose Dumbo to go in the same year as The Lion King and Aladdin. And Aladdin and Maleficent too. if you want to count that. Yeah. That comes out later this year. You know they called the whole age of like early, um, early 90s to like, late mid 90s cartoons that disney made like the cartoon movies they called that the renaissance okay like that was when they really got the ground under their feet and started doing like like huge blockbuster cartoons quality went back to like the heart of what they always did animated feature films yes yeah that were completely well i say completely original but they're all kind of like based off of fairy tales fairy tales yeah um they call that the renaissance and isn't it funny that they're kind of just trying to (laughs) <laughs> like re-renaissance with whereas like they're trying to re-renaissance with this stuff when really it's the movies that like like moana and frozen those were their biggest hits of the last it was actually original content yeah they're special movies yeah yeah no i know well except for that can you really fault them like i have i have that attitude a little bit too but mm. do you remember how much money beauty and the beast made yeah oh yeah it i mean profound. hey disney needs more money and well, I mean, <laughs> but between, yeah, between between that and Marvel's Endgame and there's a Star Wars movie at the end of this year, like Disney's yeah. going to win the year like they always do. Right. But yeah. uh, we, we were saying earlier, we were talking about the Lion King and I'm I'm so I'm so dreading having to roll my eyes at them turning this into Beyonce's The Lion King. Right. Like definitely a big part of this contract is making sure she has to do Jimmy Kimmel. Right. And, like you never actually see her publicly anymore. Right. And in the time since she kind of ascended you know what i mean yeah she's she's just been talked about like this deity and so right. we're just gonna have to hear about how the, i mean anytime have anytime seth rogan or billy eichner or donald glover or any one of these other people who are prominently in the film have to promote something else it comes up that oh you also made uh, the lion king what's well, it like working with beyonce i was like they probably didn't even need to. no well exactly <laughs> exactly and also who cares? Yeah. She's barely in this movie. Have you seen The Lion King? Right. Oh, it's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be good. But it'll be fun. I'll go to that one. I'm not going to go to Aladdin. I might go to Aladdin. Really? I'm not counting it out. I probably won't, but. It's got like $200 million at the box office. If I was already. asked, I'd go. It trashed Booksmart. Yeah. Booksmart made nothing on the weekend. But that could be one of the things that, one of the movies that either with Oscars or Ugh. just long-term indie goals maybe maybe but i don't know like 
Obviously, it's lame to compare it to Superbad, except for that it's exactly the same premise as Superbad. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen it, right? No, I want to see it. I'm yeah. go- and it gets it's got amazing reviews. Like it's it's way up there on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm, okay. I'm excited to see Booksmart, and I have no doubt that it's good. And maybe it will achieve some kind of cult status eventually. Mm-hmm. But it only made eight million dollars on the weekend. Yeah. Like it would have had to have made twenty. You know, like yeah. it, it should it should have made I think I can money and not right. oh that's a bummer. It might just money. be like a springboard kind of movie for every like people might the next big movie. Well, but this with, but this is the problem when you make such little money that you look like you're not good for business. Like right. Olivia Wilde's now going to have a hard time getting another studio job, mm. and like the star of this movie is Beanie Feldstein. I don't think you can base that off opening weekend. They do. They're like sports scores. Yeah, well, if they let it breathe for a year and see, like, oh, wait, this movie's actually pretty beloved. It was, like, an indie, like, darling that wasn't a box office hit, but Olivia Wilde's got chops. No question. There's there's no shortage of movies that, like, didn't do well when they came out, and then in hindsight we look back, and how could they not have appreciated that movie? Right. And I know it's good, and, and maybe she will have another chance, but, like, if Bo Burnham hadn't had unprecedented success, he wouldn't be getting another job. Right. Yeah, but unprecedented success. He didn't like that movie. Did not shatter box office record. It not, did. Uh, it made a lot of money. Did it? Yeah. Oh. It made. Okay, it, took, well, it took a while, but it yeah. it it took it opened really slow. Right. And the awards buzz really pushed it forward. Award season. Yeah. It did really well, and this is really early for award season. Mm-hmm. I also heard a really interesting take about how maybe the problem with Booksmart is that it appears to be made for people are the age now that we were when super bad came out right when really i think it's probably made for us yeah that's what we want we, we want we want to watch super a movie bad. that reminds us of super bad yeah. in hindsight yeah and so maybe that was poorly aimed are kids watching super bad right now like is that still a movie that you know in in high school you're like oh let's... i mean i think to the extent that that movies are classics so you watch them like i right. think they're probably more likely watching mean girls in a, on a broad scale sure but the way people and young people especially gen z mm-hmm. the way they consume media seems so vastly different now than to right. 10 years ago yeah yeah they're listening to a podcast while they're watching super bad <laughs> and they're also watching somebody game and right. they're and they're texting and they're twitching. Oh, I just said texting and it really made me sound like an old fuck. <laughs> and they're texting on the texting machine. <laughs> well, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. Messaging. I, do they do they text? They do, right? Oh my god. Yeah. They better text. Yeah, what's happening? I don't know. I don't know. Um speaking of Avengers, yeah. saw it. You saw it finally. We, we talked about it a little bit. Now, I saw the I saw the Star Wars trailer. Yep before it and i kind of like while i was watching the movie i kind of started longing for another star wars movie that star wars trailer's good it's good it's very good and and we were talking about it and i kind of said like ah i realized i i become such a curmudgeon during these huge i realized fight scenes it's the massive like crescendo fight scene that i always hate there's this stupid trumpet music playing in the back in avengers yeah yeah there's 20 20 minutes of like random shit happening more people coming into the fight nothing really mattering until like the end part that everyone's waiting for yeah. whereas like there's just more stakes in star wars you know well, that's like so true like it just seems so much more important right <laughs> although it's like arguably the world in avengers you just you always kind of know that yeah but you make an excellent point because like first of all they're not going to end the world in in avengers movies right no. they might end tatooine 
Yeah, yeah totally. And that, and that would fucking destroy you. Totally. Right? So, like, there are more stakes, and there are fewer characters in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, there's only ever a couple of people who are frontline. Right. But the Avengers, they decide it's this big event to bring everybody out, and mm-hmm. oftentimes it is. But they blew their load a long time ago, and mm-hmm. so now nothing means anything. Right. Like, in Age of Ultron, which of the four Avengers movies is easily the worst, Yeah. They the world was going to end. Right. And so, like... There's now been two more where the world the was going to end. almost going to end. And yeah. one of them, it did end, and right. then they fixed it. Right. And it kind of ended. Yeah, it mostly ended. End. Yeah, I guess. But we, we just made some space. I mean, it wasn't that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I actually, for one, agree with what Thanos was trying to achieve. <laughs> um, well, he had a point about something. <laughs> to be contrarian about it all, Thanos' snap seems pretty of, appropriate. Can you think of any other movie villains who kind of had a point? Um, I think a good answer to this question is Sid from the first Toy Story. How so? Who's seen as this, like, maniac when really he's just like he's just a lonely kid who plays like he he's just he's ripping heads off of dolls he's creative yeah yeah he's clearly like a poor lonely kid who Mm -hmm. sister is like mean to him and he he, he probably has a single mom because it's the disney movie Mm -hmm. and he has these toys he doesn't steal the toys from andy he rightfully gets woody and buzz from the claw machine right takes them home excited that's true and decides he's gonna have a little project he's gonna he's gonna (laughs) create a little trouble but he's not gonna hurt anybody right and we just turn him into this villain we automatically are like in a couple years he's gonna be cutting tails off cats for sure well that probably would be true yeah but at least at this stage in his life he's totally innocent he's just sid man yeah. he's just a sid and life is a nightmare you're right <laughs> he's just a sid uh okay do we do we say our piece well avengers did you like it because everybody liked it i liked i liked the overall story like i was surprised at the end of it that i was like oh the fight scenes like that's i i like beginning to end yeah there was some cheese in there like cheese that i just feel is like Okay. I can't even remember it. I think I erased it from my mind. Right. But overall, I'm on board with it. I did weep. You did? I, I weep all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there there were a couple of parts that were pretty emotional. They were going for it for sure. Yeah. But now it's on to the next one. On to the next. You know? What is the next? But uh, After Spider-Man Homecoming. Also, uh. like, <laughs> I love how the movie starts out and it's like, hey, it's Tom Holland here and we're going to have a, I don't know why that went Australian. Yeah. But he's like. He's American. He's like. After the movie, uh, not to spoil anything, we're gonna have a a, a trailer for Spider-Man Home. Uh, right, like Home Spider-Man Home, Far From Home. Far From Home. Yeah, it's like okay, so you're not, you're just spoiling like clearly Spider-Man is going to be in it after. Well, we knew that Spider-Man was going to be in Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> no, it's no. not a great spoiler that he lives through Avengers Endgame. What that spoiler warning was at the beginning of the Far From Home trailer is you're going to see stuff in this trailer that will spoil Endgame if you haven't seen Endgame right. yet. Yeah, I guess so. There's probably people in it that Well, and there's like a whole aren't. theme in the trailer that that relates to like the big thing that happens in Endgame. I didn't watch the trailer. Do you so. just watch the the spoiler warning at the head of the trailer? Got pissed and turned it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this was before the movie. I didn't stick around till after the credit sequence, oh, which is bound to be so twenty minutes. Tom Holland just like cordially gets up and he's like, "So I just want to let you know there's there's a spoiler in here." And you're like, "Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> I was like, Tom Holland, get off the stage! <laughs> I didn't come here for you, Tom. I want to see Fat Thor." <laughs> Can you believe they kept him fat for the whole movie? Yeah, that's incredible. That was a bold move. I guess he fought for that. Really? Like he was like, I want Thor to be fat. 
He is a funny guy. Yeah. They really made Thor a comedy character. They did. Over the last like two or three Several movies. Did you see Ragnarok? Yes, Ragnarok. That's a hysterical movie. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. So good. I don't know what comes after Far From Home, but there's always more. There's got to be another Black Panther movie coming out. Oh, Black Panther only came out last year. It seems yeah. like it's been forever. Seems like it has been because forever. we never stopped talking. That about That was the it. thing I I didn't like about Black Panther too. I realized the fight scene, like he wasn't in it that the much. Fight scenes. I, I oh, like yeah. the story. The war. Yeah, the, the war was dumb. Yeah, and there was like a Martin. Uh, what's his name? Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman flying the fake plane. Right. Doing like a, oh, I could get used to this. Mm. Kind of oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, you're right. That's where I'm out on these movies. You're not wrong. Gyllenhaal's in the next uh, Spider-Man movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he plays Mysterio. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Is Mysterio a full-on villain? Well, yes, yeah. but but they make it seem like he's going to have some kind of kinship with with Peter at first. Cool, cool. Yeah, the the Star Wars. I just I'm I'm way more excited for that. I'm just so much more Team Star Wars. Right. The other movie that people are anticipating. Shifting gears a little bit. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I watched the full trailer for that tonight. Right. There's been a couple of trailers now. It premiered at Cannes this week. Yes. And did you hear about this little controversy regarding Margot Robbie's character? No. So I think that this is an annoying story, but it might a little bit foreshadow what's to come for the cultural conversation around this movie and specifically Quentin Tarantino through the release of this next film of his. Okay. So they're doing their, uh, their essential press conference for Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And somebody from, I want to say like the New York Times, like prominent uh, 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 place, uh, stands up and, and addresses Quentin and c- congratulates everybody on the movie and then kind of starts describing Margot Robbie's career and position in popular culture. And But she's talking at Quentin Tarantino and basically mm-hmm. saying, so you know you have Margot Robbie, who's this like celebrated, highly acclaimed actor for her generation, who's been nominated for an Academy Award, and she's a producer, and she's proven time and time again that she's very talented and diverse. And you didn't give her very many lines in this movie, and I wondered why that would be, considering she's so good. Oh. And it was such a gotcha question. Yeah, I it's, feel like it's, you're kind of painting someone into a corner. Yeah, well, and Quentin, he's getting a little bit of flack for his response, but I think his response is dope. What did he he's, say? He said, I reject the premise of your question. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's fair. Yeah, and then he kind of left Margot to like be diplomatic about it, and she's like, well, listen, like, I chose to be in this movie. Yeah. So she's playing Sharon Tate. Right, who was right. like the famous person who was murdered by the Manson clan? Yeah, and the movie is not about her. No, it f- it factors in the Manson story in this era within Hollywood. Right, uh, but I guess no, she doesn't have a lot of lines in the movie. But I don't think that's an affront to the abilities of Margot Robbie. I think that he wrote a script, and and by the way, there are problems with Quentin Tarantino movies, and they're definitely man heavy. Yeah, but he's also written some pretty great female characters. Yep. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't. I, I think that he just put a call out and said, "Listen, it would be great if we could get Margot Robbie because she looks like Tar- Sharon Tate." And Margot Robbie was probably like, "Hell Sweet. yeah, I can't, a Quentin Tarantino movie." Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I agree with that. And what answer was he supposed to give that would have actually appeased her? She's seen oh, the movie. You're she right. I like, fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, uh, you know what? I I think she was fantastic, but like. Just the script I wrote, like, I didn't necessarily write it for Margot Robbie. Right. She's a terrific actor. She wanted to be in it. So there you go. 
But it kind of makes me wonder, how is he going to weather the uh, promotional circuit as we kind of move forward? Oh, yeah. It's... Because, like, this is kind of a different climate than it was when his last movie came out. Mm-hmm. And he has always been defensive. Yeah. Yep. To a fault. Defensive to a fault. But, like, if Colbert lobs him, a, like, kind of a tricky one, is he going to be defensive or is he going to be cool? He can be both. Like, I yeah. I think most of us agree, like, Quentin Tarantino belongs on the Mount Rushmore of filmmaking, as Bill Simmons would put it. Yeah. But also, he's probably kind of an idiot at times. Like, yeah. It, it would depend who, like, I think if Colbert asked him, he's like, well, Steven, listen, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like when, you know, this, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. We shot it at eight millimeter, man. Yeah. 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 So like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good movie. I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, his last, the last movie was The Hateful Eight. Yeah. It's been a while. Hateful Eight was good. Never watched it again. No. It's it, not talked about either. No. Um, Django Unchained, I probably would have watched, but it's a little bit too, you know, like, it seems kind of weird to watch a slavery movie. It's a rough movie. Over and over. But it's over. also maybe one of his best movies. Yeah. Definitely one of his best movies. Really good. so many. Really good movie. Um, I've watched the rest of his movies probably more. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, I've seen at least three times. That's interesting. Kill Bill, I've seen. The Kill Bill is like my favorite. Yeah. Of all of them, I think. Yeah. Um, then, which that's probably a rare call. People aren't um, all over Kill Bill. My but friend Duncan loves Kill Bill. Really? Yeah. Maybe it just came out at the right time for us. Maybe so. I don't know. And then, like, I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. Oh, love Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Love Pulp Fiction. And Pulp Fiction is the quintessential. Never seen Jackie Brown. I think that's no, the one neither. of the nine movies I haven't seen. Another one nobody really talks about. Yeah. But still, I want to take it off the list i'm excited to see this movie but like obviously it's going to be bloody will it be tarantino bloody i don't know that that's the weird thing about because like one. manson murders were bloody but yeah. like hollywood in general isn't yeah like if i had to compare the trailer to any movie it's probably the most c- comparable to the jackie brown trailer oh weird i don't know anything about jackie brown neither do i but you should watch the i i know the trailer right and just in the way that, like, it's not just random music and random cuts in the trailer. And, like, you're like, what the hell is this movie even It looks like it's going to be sunny. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not going to be, like, in a dark shack like in The Hateful Eight. It's no. going to be bright and kind of silly. There's going to be laughs in this movie for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they usually are. Yeah. Uh, for the first time since the 90s, the early 90s, NBC lost the 11.35 p.m. time slot annually to CBS. Colbert beat Fallon all year. Wow. Never, never happened. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Um, more problems for NBC. Did you hear about the Chris Kattan thing? Well, is, is that really a problem for NBC? I mean, I don't think it's it's great in this he climate. Al- he alleges that Lorne Michaels pressured him to have sex with the director of The Night at the Roxbury on the set. Yes. I guess to appease her. And they ended up having an affair, which she confirms. Okay. Uh, heck. Hecklenburg or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, he he allegedly said, "You don't need to f her, but it probably wouldn't hurt." Oh wow, is that so? The quote? So that's kind of damning. This is in in Chris Kattan's new book, which is called like it. It's basically like a gasping for air. My tales of trauma from SNL. Ugh. I would like to hear the tales of trauma from anyone else. 
honestly. Anyone other than Chris Anyone Kattan? Anyone in the 46 years of that show's storied history, I'd like to read their book before Chris Kattan. Really? I think so. You hate Chris Kattan that much. Don't you? Uh, I don't really have a reason to. Oh, I just don't like him. No? He just seems sad and needy to me. Yeah. He's like Rob Schneider, well, but I for SNL. I didn't know, <laughs> which Rob Schneider was on SNL too. Well, that's even sadder. <laughs> but uh, Chris Kattan, I I think he had, he had like a bunch of good years. He was he was in like the whole you know Tracy Morgan, Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell Will era, Ferrell era. Yeah, so there was lots of better people on when he was there. It's true, but he was like one of the original groundling guys that that kind of made his way up. But but you like where has he been for the last ten years? And all of a sudden, we're getting this really sad memoir, and now it just makes me seem like, oh, I'm gonna read a memoir from a super depressed guy about yeah. his glory days. It would be really interesting if the Chris Kattan bad memory, like, dredged up this whole slew of other people's bad Lorne Michaels stories. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. No, no, I think people respect him too much. I think this was a last ditch effort, honestly. That's like, what that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I'm trying not to say that. Except for that, I'm directly saying that. It just right. kind of, he seems just, pathetic to me. Just making a book about it. So I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not a nice thing to say, obviously. But. I mean, we'll see. Maybe yeah. I'll read the book. I'm not going to read the book. God damn. You're going to read all of Game of Thrones and Chris Kattan's book? Yes. In the next week. I'm all on right. audiobooks, baby. Are you? Very yeah. good. Yeah. You can crush a book in a day. That's right. The trailer came oh, out today dude. for The Goldfinch, by the way, and now I'm like kind of keen to to read The Goldfinch. The Goldfinch? So The Goldfinch came out in 2014, uh, and it, it won the Pulitzer Prize. So it's ah, like, okay. you've definitely seen the cover of The Goldfinch because it's been a fixture in every bookstore for five years. Okay. Uh, and the, the movie trailer came out today, and Ansel Elgort is the star. It's also got like Nicole Kidman and oh, okay. all kinds of like really good people. Yeah. That's so why I'm kind of interested. Huh. What's it about? It's about... And this is just like the, the the jumping off point that I know. Yeah. Uh, boy is in an art museum with his mom. There's a terrorist bombing. The museum blows up. Mom dies. He survives. Steals a painting. Okay. And kind of goes on the run with this painting. Right. And that's all I know. Interesting. And it's a finch. Yes. The painting is of a, of a little bird. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The goldfinch. Right. So close to goldfish. <laughs> which is a different story yeah that's a very different equally sad equally tragic mm -hmm. and allegorical to i don't know are they gonna replace fallon they're not gonna replace fallon but are they gonna try and are they gonna try and do one of those like soft rebrands of fallon that they've already talked in the past about doing uh what do you mean by that i just mean that like nbc does not like that they're losing to colbert right no but i i understand that but how could they rebrand fallon well, it happened a couple of years ago when they started to lose on a weekly basis to, to Colbert. They were nervous about the fact that Colbert appeared to be winning because he was talking about real issues. Right. Granted, those are a little tired now, too. Right. While Fallon is lobbing softballs all the time mm -hmm. and playing patty cakes. Right. And so I, are they going to try and make him more political, which would be false? Are they just going to try and make him a little bit more of a human? Because once a year when he's on Howard or he's on something else, every now and then you a little glimpse of how Jimmy Fallon can be super cool. Yeah. And normal. And normal. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's like, maybe it has something to do with his, uh, you know, bringing people like all the SNL alum on and regularly doing shit with them. I think he just needs to be air checked. Like there are, he's yeah. obviously talented, but like why does Lauren Michaels never say, listen, Jimmy, you're obviously talented. We love you around here. 
but we got to send you to interview school or something. Like, you know right, what I mean? Like, yeah. there are, of course, areas he can be better about. Like, yeah. Jimmy, you laughed. You didn't, you didn't let Neil Patrick Harris finish telling his story. Like, why, don't, why doesn't anybody ever tell him that? Right. Because that could make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, I don't watch enough Fallon anymore to even know. Right. And maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, you're a part of the I'm problem. I'm part of the problem by not watching him. <laughs> After 20 seasons, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire got canceled. No way. 20 seasons. Who was the host of that? I don't know. It's, a bit, it's been a daytime show for years yeah, and years. right. Right. But it's funny because originally The Price is Right was a primetime show. Was and it really it, an evening and, show? And then it moved into a daytime show. Okay. And it's just been there for 30 years. So how has Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune managed to hold on to like primetime? Not really primetime, but like evening hours. Great question. I don't it's know. It's a great I package. Mean, it's, yeah, it's a great package. It's a great they package. Work together as a package. Little Trebek update. He mm-hmm. announced today that some of his tumors are like 50% uh, shrunk. Yeah. Uh, he's near remission, which is kind of vague, but yeah. he says it's mind boggling to his doctors and to him and yeah. of course to us. And it's wonderful news. And I like to think that the great champion, James Holzhauer is actually just a, a guardian angel and he's a symbol for overcoming great obstacles. Well, you got to think that like, it is a little bit of kismet yeah. that at, at the, the worst time in Trebek's life, he's probably having that one of the craziest experiences he's ever had. The, Je- the, show. the Jeopardy goat comes through. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like weird timing. In fact, it's also been able to keep Jeopardy in the conversation in a positive way. That's yeah. not always like really pitiful. Yeah. Well, I was saying, remember like when it first started happening, I said, don't you think it's a little weird? Like I almost started going into like, is this guy going to be the new host? Like, is that what they're aiming for? Yeah. Did they somehow find this guy? He has a weird, like unique charisma, but he doesn't have host charisma. No, no. You need some host charisma. We would need a smart celebrity Maybe a, like a, a an Anderson Cooper style guy who yeah. is like like a well known just brainiac. I could see that. I could see it being someone like Katie Couric yeah. taking over. And frankly, I could see it being someone like like Ken Jennings, sure, who actually is very charismatic and funny on Twitter and loved within the realm of. He's part of the culture yeah. of the show. I'd like to see them switch it up and just get like Willie Geist or something. Sure, you know that'd be fun. <laughs> Steve Harvey. Steve, oh God. That's what the world needs. No, <laughs> Al Borland. What if they got just straight up went for it and got Keenan Thompson? Man, that would be interesting. <laughs> like he's played a host of every game show. Do you think Keenan host will He's already ever... the host of Black Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> Keenan will ever host an actual game show? Doesn't that kind of seem like his his tip? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. I feel like he'll go there. He said again last week he's not leaving SNL. Good for him. I don't know how he's going to swing it with his new show, Yeah, but he says, I'm not giving up the best job in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. He loves it. He's so cool. Yeah. Took him a long time, but he's finally getting the the cheers he deserves. Oh, yeah. People love him. Uh, okay, that's just about all I got. The, the next recipient for the Mark Twain Kennedy Center Prize for American Humor is... Uh, I have no idea. Dave Chappelle. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, crazy deserving. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, we're going to recap some shows. Uh, It's your turn to go first. You may pick which show you would like to recap in the span of 30 seconds. I am going to go with... Which one's easier? I watched both of them like a week ago, so I'm going to struggle. Yeah, I know. I just watched the first episode of Cash 22 last night. I watched a couple episodes of Fleabag. 
Uh, you know what? I'll go for Fleabag. Okay. Recap yeah. the first episode. Man, are people talking about Fleabag all of a sudden? Yeah, I get oh, it. Oh, man, it's everywhere. I okay, recap it. the pilot episode of Fleabag in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the main character is a sexually brash, fourth wall breaking uh, lead character. <laughs> she uh, is forever hooking up with guys, having uh, perpetual breakups with her somewhat steady boyfriend. And in the end, you kind of learn that it's because of her messed up uh, uh, relationships with her family and because of her best friend accidentally killing herself by throwing herself in front of a bike that ended up killing three people. Yeah, the whole show kind of revolves around these flashbacks to, I guess, the love of her life, who was her best friend who owned this cafe with her, yeah. who died in a stupid way. Yes, and she said like she wasn't even trying to kill herself. She was just trying to make her boyfriend jealous. Yeah, she just wanted attention. She just wanted attention, but she threw herself into in front of a cyclist, and who knew, cyclists go really fast. It flipped her in front of a car, and three people ended three up dying. Three people died. Yeah. Yeah, and so she's just kind of this, like, emotionally stunted, like, guarded person who just, like, laughs at everything. She doesn't really take anything seriously. Right. Uh, her sister takes everything too seriously. Yes. So that dynamic is kind of, that's kind of the richest aspect of the show, yeah. I think. She's not very solvent. No. <laughs> and uh, it opens with anal sex. So, like, that's right there, you know. Right. Like, okay, this show's going to go there. I think this is probably what they mean right. when they call stuff brave. The cold open, like, punchline is, and then I I spent my entire day wondering, do I have a humongous asshole? Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's very funny. She has, like, a super incredible amount of, like, charisma. Super winning. This is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Who created Killing Eve. This blew my mind today when you told me that. That's right. She created Killing Eve, and she's also the lead actress and creator of this show. Right. Which right. is a British show. She's also in Solo, a Star Wars story for some reason. But she's like, just having the definition of a moment. Yeah. This is definitely her time. Mm -hmm. But I am really struck by the number of people who have called her a genius. Like there are so many people who seem to be taking their moment to go, okay, I know we say this a lot. I know we say this yeah. about a lot of people. Forget what I said before. This is what a creative genius is. Interesting. Well, even in terms of like the way that she's delivering lines, she could deliver them in a million different ways. Like yeah. that first scene in the uh, second episode where she's on a train and they're playing that song, Sail! Oh, yes. And everyone's just having oh, like these yeah. pained looks on their face every, right. every couple minutes. And then the music stops and she just pans to the camera really quickly and goes, like in a panicked way, she's like, I think my period's coming. Yes. Oh, you're right. It's brilliant. <laughs> and then cold open. I right. just thought like, wow. She, the, to come up with that and deliver it that way was really, really funny to me. You and I had a really similar uh, opinion of the breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah. Which so easily could be a cliche in oh, something. Oh, totally. And for some reason, it's like, okay, no, now we should retire breaking the fourth wall because right. that's what we've been leading it's up to. Done perfectly. This is somehow different from all the other fourth wall breaking yeah i feel like she's talking to me mm -hmm. it's very good yeah um and it's not overly confident no it's also really like really subtle sometimes every now and then she'll just like look at you just yeah she almost like jim halpert's a quick flash to the, to yeah. the camera yeah 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 like when they when the guy's like i'm i'm going to treat you like a naughty bitch and she just like <laughs> smiles big at the camera and he's like i was just kidding and she like quickly uh. just like Shoots a frown. <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought great. because of how uh, narrative it was and, and also because of how like unilaterally focused the show is, it's just her. Yeah. I thought this really feels like 
uh, a pilot that's been adapted from somebody's fringe one woman show. Right. And wouldn't you know, that's exactly what this oh, is. Oh, is it? Yes. She had a ridiculous hit at some fringe fest in the UK. Wow. And someone's like, let's write this as a pilot. Let's do a show. Right. You're going to be a huge star. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, all of that, it's it's very theater-esque now that you kind of think of it. Definitely. Like, she's constantly delivering, you know, if not a monologue, a brief soliloquy. Have you gotten what the character's <laughs> name is yet? No, what is it? It's Fleabag. Her name is actual Fleabag? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Th- they just say that in the show? No. It's like, they never say that. She doesn't have a name in the show. Okay. The character's name is, like, on IMDb. Like everywhere she's referred she to plays as Fleabag. Fleabag. She's Fleabag. And I don't know if they explain why. I mean, I've only seen like five episodes, but like, right. uh, I don't know if they explain why, except for that that's her actual family nickname. Like in real really? life, that's what people call her. Oh, no way. Yeah. Jesus. So it's completely autobiographical. Yeah. I'm sure the story is a little bit liberated. Right. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is her name. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's good, man. She's a good writer. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know if I like any of these people. I'm just watching it because the like the melody of it is so good right yeah absolutely i'm excited to watch more olivia coleman is the stepmom which was a bit of a surprise yes she is i didn't pick up on that at first and she's she's got like one scene where she's just super subtly cold right like there's this weird thing where she's like i'm going to see my 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 dad and my stepmom who's the worst right and then the stepmom appears to be nice and you're like wait a second i mean she's nice and then there's just like the little tones yeah 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 but she even says that she's like she's not uh she's honestly not that bad she's just a total right I was yeah like, oh all right yeah i mean i definitely give it my ass it's it's really good for I sure just, and it's done now just two seasons i guess she's yeah. gonna focus on killing eve i gotta watch it and then i gotta watch killing eve like these are two shows that i need to be fully in on i is is the shonda rhymes of it all the reason we haven't jumped on that sooner like nothing against Shonda Rhimes. Just so like, Shonda Rhimes is involved in Killing Eve? Nope. Okay. <laughs> we just kind of associate a show like that with Shonda Rhimes? Well, and, and also uh, Sandra Oh. But like, it just, right. it kind of feels like, if you had to guess, yeah. if I had told you Shonda Rhimes created Killing Eve, you would have gone, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But knowing that this girl did it makes me really want to watch it. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty fun and, and sexy and like yeah. and weird. Mm-hmm. And self-deprecating at the same time. Definitely. And we liked the pilot of Killing Eve. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, I think she's going to be around for a while. People are really in on her. Mm-hmm. And now the joke is people tweeting, Fleabag is great. I'm so glad that I'm the first person to have this hot take. Right. Because everybody knows that it's like, nobody has said anything bad about it. It's really good. You brought it up for the first time to me. I two, just started seeing it everywhere. A, a day later, I heard it. I heard Jason Manzoukas talking about it on The Watch. Right. And then I was fully in from there. Do you find it weird that Brett Gilman turns up in this show quite a bit? Does it feel like he's from another world? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he literally is from another country, but right. like you, you kind of associate him with like Judd Apatow, like tertiary yeah. characters. Yeah, I associate him with Comedy Bang Bang. Right. Like where where is he coming from in in this show? I mean, he was in Love. Like I guess he that's... played the same character in Love, by the way. Yeah. He's like kind of a drunk train wreck asshole. Yeah. A narcissist yeah. guy. Yeah. I think I think he honestly struggles with that as a human because he always gets cast in that role. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Maybe so. He liked one of my tweets once. No way. Yeah. I mean, it was at him. Sure. But he liked it. Good for you, man. Thanks, buddy. It's a big like. Give Fleabag my ass for sure. 
Me as well. This leaves me to recap uh, the first episode of Catch-22, mm-hmm. which is going to be tough. I've only seen one episode so far, yep. but it was a few days ago. There wasn't a lot of plot in it. There was a lot of setup in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of tones in it. A lot of tones. Mm-hmm. All right, so you've got... I don't know why I'm scrolling up the minute mark. I'm like, okay, you've got 34 <laughs> you've got, you've minutes. You've got 12 to minutes describe. to recap it. Uh, okay, you've got 30 seconds. Do you mind if I count up? No. Okay, I'm... Stopwatch is how we usually do this it. This is how we've always done it. When was the last time you did a podcast? <laughs> Sorry, I was up really early. Yeah, four <laughs> weeks ago, and I'm still recovering. It's been a long time. Uh, okay, so you are going to recap Catch-22 yep. on Go in three, two, one, go. The show uh, focuses around fighter pilots in a war in some kind of gone-by era, I guess probably like Korea or Vietnam or something. Um, so it's World War Two. It's World War Two. It's a long time ago. Uh, except we really seem to be more about the mismanagement of the bureaucracy of war than we actually do the fighting. Mm-hmm. Except at one point there is uh, like a pretty traumatic scene up in the sky where somebody gets really smeared badly. Um, and I'm struggling to come up with any kind of like plot thing that actually happened except for that they can get good food. It's like a thing where like Hugh Laurie is really psyched because they were able to sneak him like a steak or something. Yeah, right? there's it's almost like a prison show where this guy is kind of like he's dealing in trades. He's almost like smuggling stuff in, but really he's just going to like the different camps. Like he got lamb shanks from a Scottish camp. And yeah. He's trading that off. He's got a whole tray of Hershey bars and he's kind of tried to sell those. He's a little bit of like a businessman. Doesn't have a whole lot to do with the show, I don't think. The but show didn't have as much satire as I understand to be associated with the Joseph Heller book. Okay. Like, I think that, like, just the fact that, like, there's a character named Major, Major, Major in it. Right. Or, like, Yo-Yo. Like, it, it right. seems like it's going to be really goofy. Yeah. And then it's kind of got some subtle laughs in it. Right. But it's, it's also pretty dark at It's times. more of, like, a dark, like, dramedy. Yeah, it's definitely a drama a tromedy. Like tromedy. it's 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 pretty it's pretty gruesome at times when that guy gets smeared. Yeah. But we like yo yo. We like yo yo. Yosarian. Yeah. He's like he's likable um sleeping with George Clooney's wife in it. Okay. Because George Clooney's wife is a is a, or George Clooney's a, a dick and he seems to have he kinda hates he's he really questions power. Uh-huh. He's very disagreeable and he's like, why are we, you know, why are we make, let, allowing this guy to let us march around? He's like, almost pacifistic. He's almost like the the fact that we're here is so pointless. Like, right. He's like, we've won the war. Why do we still have nine missions that we need to accomplish at this that's point? Right. That's That's essentially the whole... That's, of the, that's show. the story that's that's the story of the episode and then in the end they're like oh we're gonna add a couple more yeah and then he really goes nuts the whole thing is he does not want to be there at all he chose to be a bombardier because there's so much training involved in becoming a bombardier that he thought that the war would actually be over by the time he was supposed to go off to duty that's right and then he goes off to duty and the war is basically about to end and he's like this is stupid the germans are basically going to give up why are we still bombing Italy and also risking our lives? Right. That's actually a really good play. That's really well said. Yeah. I kind of lost all that. But yeah. that is what it was about. So George Clooney is the executive producer of this show. He was initially going to play the Kyle Chandler role mm-hmm. and then decided oh. he would step back from performing quite as much and he would just kind of produce the show. Sure. I like Kyle Chandler as much as the next guy. There's no reason not to like him. Mm-hmm. But he kind of plays the coach a lot. You know what I mean? Definitely plays the coach. He's yeah. just that in this. Yeah. Except he's kind of more brash and he's he's pretty tough, but it's the military. That makes sense. Right. We got John Rudnitsky from SNL. You and I talked yeah. about him earlier. Interesting. In casting. the background, I'm not sure he had any lines. 
No, I assume he will. I think he did a little bit just while he was kind of like flying the plane. Like he's yeah. the main pilot. I love all the scenes with the doctor. Yeah, that, that was great. He keeps going to the doctor and trying to like tell him that there's something wrong with his... Right, that's an, uh, another part of it. He's Kidneys or something? Try, his liver, his was, liver was the thing. He's like, you can't say that's your appendix. Like your liver, I might be able to get you off on your liver. Right. But, but the funny... Sorry, we keep touching feet. <clears throat> Playing footsies. Um, the, the, the thing that I found kind of weird was the, the whole Catch-22 part of it where he's right. having the conversation where he's like, hey, listen, or could... Or could uh, Colin sick because he's crazy, but like, and I would like basically pull him from the war because he's crazy. But him saying that he's crazy would no longer make him crazy. The fact that he's I like flying that. the plane, I like is that crazy. philosophy. That, yeah, the, the fact, like, he says the the least crazy thing you can do is tell me you're crazy. That's right. Yeah, but but he said, well, could or be hauled off, and he's like, yeah. Well, what would he have to do? He'd just have to ask, and. The fact that he says he'd have to ask, that's where I got taken out of it because he says the f- if you were asking, that would prove that you weren't crazy, but he right. initiates by saying he would have to ask. Right. So I'm like... I don't know. But it's just... It's conflicting. But I, I get it. And Joseph Heller created the term Catch-22. That didn't exist before this no book. No way. And in fact, he wanted to call it Catch-11 and then Ocean's 11 came out. What? Yeah. This he's, is he's like, oh, I can't have, I can't write Catch Eleven right after Ocean's Eleven comes so out. So this was written in like the sixties. Yeah, nineteen fifty nine. It came out. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I do like it. I I think it's going to be cool. I think so too. Also, we were talking about the cast. Just so many. It seems like we're watching The Outsiders. Like there are going to be so many heavy hitters coming cool. from the show. Yeah. Christopher Abbott is our main guy. We talked before about how he is. He looks exactly like Kit Harrington. Yes. They have the same head. Yeah. They look ex- identical to each he other. He almost looks like a Hispanic Kit Harrington. A little bit, yeah. He was he was from Girls. That's what people would know him from initially. He yeah. played Charlie Marnie's boyfriend in the first season of Girls, and then right. he he left the show, yeah, uh, because he didn't get along with Lena Dunham, which at the time seemed like a dumb career move. And now it's I totally get why like he would people, not get along. People with, get it. She could yeah. probably be abrasive. And now he's got this better job. Yeah. Although it's a limited series, like I don't think they're gonna do more Catch Twenty. No, I think it's a mini series. Like I think there's nine episodes. Yeah, he was on Seth Meyers last week. He was very funny. Like oh really? I thought maybe he would take himself too seriously. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't really likable normal guy oh awesome yeah I, I yeah i don't know i guess we'll, we'll find out what's to come from these other people i'll tell you it's not a cheap show no like all the flying around that was that did not look no ill budgeted at it, all it, it was done very well what did you think of the first scene where it the show is introduced with him walking naked down a runway with blood on his head and he's just screaming screaming yeah do you think that was just him also trying to prove, get out prove of the he's crazy by yeah, I think he's, he's trying. To, I think he's trying to prove he's crazy, yeah. or something horrible happened and he's truly and, snapped. And I think that they do a good job of making you wonder that. But maybe that's maybe that's why it's called Catch Twenty Two is that he doesn't know anymore either. Right. By the time that he's actually crazy, he, yeah, he's just doing crazy shit. Right. I don't yeah. know. I haven't read the book. Neither have I. It used to be like required reading. Yeah. I have the book around here somewhere. No way. Yeah. You I, know me in books. That's right. Yeah. You always buy them. Definitely give it my ass. Yeah, 100%. A couple of good ones. Glad to be back. Happy to be back. Hey, is Good Omens out? Good Omens comes out very soon. Okay, but it's not out yet. They had the premiere, and they laid, They said a, a, they reserved a seat for Terry Pratchett. Oh, that's really nice. Isn't that heartbreaking? How long ago did he die? Like 10 years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. I actually heard a, a podcast with um, other dude, um, the other author. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. It was this, okay. This is a story that went around uh, this week about how he was like a real diva about his bow tie. 
Okay. Yeah. And he like kind of owned it. He was kind of like, yeah, I wanted to wear a bow tie and he didn't know how to tie a bow tie and they couldn't find someone to tie a bow tie. And I guess he was a bit of a, a pill about it. I believe that he, yeah. he was talking on the podcast about, like they said, you know, what's one purchase that it was like, how do you keep your notes? And he's like, well, I have this Mont Blanc pen oh, and please. it goes into like all these pens that he, and I just love everything about it. I even love filling the ink obviously with his perfect British accent. And he's like, and I have these, these, uh, Italian uh, notebooks that I found in Venice, just like w- under one of the bridges. <laughs> like, Go screw what? yourself. You're not a real writer unless you're saving your notebooks for the thing that you're going to write eventually. Well, that, and that's what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that actually is like, he was like, so I, I wrote this series in like those three books, which yeah. is kind of cool. Like, but I, I could don't... see him being pompous too i i don't buy notebooks anymore because yeah. i'll eventually like i'll write something in them and i'll be like ah, i hate this this book is no good anymore uh, oh really oh yeah wow yeah plus we have computers for god's sake i know but i keep so many notes at work i kind of do want to invest in like i use i use hillroy scribblers yeah i yeah, buy them i buy them like crazy yeah buy them by the box by the crate buy them by the box i actually have a hillroy in my uh backpack right now because that's what i wrote my wedding speech on and i just stuffed it in my backpack afterwards and it's been in there ever since right so maybe i'll start using that see it's a more functional book you're right and you don't don't care about it will smith is the number one movie in the world this is not something that's especially unusual for is him. it number one avengers isn't number one right now Avengers has been over like six weeks laney i know just because you saw it last week it's got 2.8 billion dollars yeah i know no john wick beat it too oh, like okay. it's it's there's been lots of big movies since All avengers right. it's still doing fine it's still making millions of dollars mm-hmm. but no aladdin won last week uh and it's obviously he's no stranger to making box office money did you know he hasn't had a movie over uh 70 on the tomato meter since the first men in black movie wow all of his movies are are rotten critically really yeah and there's only a handful of movies that are fresh at all. Like so, Men in Black and Ali. Right. I think, yeah. So why is it that we're all so entranced with... Because he makes money. He's charismatic. He's box office Viagra. That's what it is, yeah. What is he doing to us? Is he hypnotizing us? Maybe that's it, yeah. Even He's he's somehow able to to pick bad movies and still we follow Will Smith. And still we follow. And will we follow? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut this thing down. Um, yeah. Uh, I gotta say, to trust. No, it's not trust. No, it's been a while since we've done. Have one you of grown these to trust Will Smith? I'm just trying to remember. You can you Is can trusting Will Smith. You can commercially movie? trust in him, unless you were worked on the movie Concussion. Right. So, never non-commercially trust Will Smith. If if your great life's pursuit is for artistic integrity, never. And tr- it is. And of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. And if anybody knows me. <laughs> They would know I'd never trust Will Smith. That's what's on my tombstone. (laughs) I never trust Will Smith.